Welcome home. As you listen to New Life the Fort, may you continue to experience the fullness of joy, life, and Christ in the days ahead. John chapter 20, verse 19. The scenario here is that Jesus just rose from the grave. And the disciples were confused. They were afraid. They didn't know what to do. Because a couple of days ago, they just witnessed the death of their leader, their master, their rabbi. And they believed him to be the Messiah. And suddenly he died. And then after three days, you know the story, some women started reporting that they saw him. And here comes Jesus. While they were in hiding, he appears right before them. What does he say? Then then the same day, uh, John chapter 20, verse 19, then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week. That's a good day for Jesus to show up. The first day of the week. Do you know which, which day is the first day of the week? It's today. It's today. Somebody say, it's today. He's going to show up today. When the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews. I don't know what your situation, I don't know what closed doors you are facing. I don't know what, maybe somebody said, this is not allowed for you. You're not qualified or this can't be done. Whatever it is that you're facing, when Jesus is there, there is no door that is too closed for him to just go through. Whatever fear you're facing, the, Jew, the, the disciples were afraid of the Jews. And Jesus came and stood in their midst. And what does he say? Peace be to you. Peace. Somebody say that. Peace be to you. Say peace be in me. Father, we pray that your declaration here be a reality in our lives even today. Thank you, Jesus, that you will help us with even more uh, resilience and, and pursuit that we will continue to see Jesus in all his goodness and all his glory that we will continue to hear his voice and we lean close to what he's saying because it's not in the thunder nor the earthquake nor all the wind and fire it is in the still small voice that you give your wisdom and instruction thank you lord god that we will leave this place hearts full of joy and gladness in our hearts and we are glad that we are in the right place with the right people doing the right things at the right time. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Hallelujah. God is good. Okay, so before you sit down, I want you to greet some people. Don't sit down just yet. Here's what you want to do. Here's what you want to do. What I want you to do. Maybe look for maybe seven people. Okay, don't, not, not six, not eight. Seven people, not five. Seven people that you can say, peace be with you. Go ahead, say, say to seven people with a smile, peace be with you. Some of you are professional name. Peace be with you. And also with you. Anong sagot dun? Sabi na, you guys are professionals. I know it's been a tradition in the, at least in the nation that we're in, that we, we hear that many times, we've done that many times, and uh, 
It's nothing that's new. It's familiar to a point that it's, you know, we don't actually take it seriously. I don't know uh, how many times you've attended uh, a gathering, an assembly, a mass, or whatever it is, that it's encouraged to say, peace be with you. And uh, it, you don't really hear peace be with you. You hear like, you hear, who among you can testify to that? Yeah, you've heard that, right? Maybe you've mumbled that. And you don't really look at people when you say it. You're kind of looking just general direction towards them. It's kind of awkward, you know. But, but I don't think, praise God, at least I don't think so, that Jesus, Jesus was mumbling with you when he said that. I think, I think he meant it. I think he was declaring something. I think he was saying that something that was not possible before has been made possible now because I just came from, from the cross. I just came from, from the grave and what was close and unavailable then has been made available right now. And I'm declaring it to you. Peace be with you. In fact, last week, John chapter 16, verse, 30, verse 33, if we read the whole chapter, the whole verse, let's read it in the Amplified Classic, uh, classic Bible. What does it say? Jesus, before he died, he was declaring peace. And the first thing that he says to his disciples, as soon as he rose from the grave, do you think that's important? You think it's important uh, for, uh, you think uh, it's just a greeting for him? No, I think he was being, he's being intentional in what he says first. He was being intentional in what he, what he says last before he died. And this is what he said to his disciples. Can you go there, please? John chapter 16, verse 33 in the Amplified uh, Classic. Translation. Is it there? I have told you these things so that in me you may have perfect peace. Somebody say perfect peace. So that's how he starts. He said he was telling them a bunch of things prior to him saying this. He said, I'm going to the Father. And people didn't understand. One, uh, a, a while back, he was telling them that if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And suddenly, Philip goes, Jesus, uh, can you show us the Father? And then Jesus kind of got frustrated in a sense that he said, haven't you known me so long? And that's when he said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So he was saying a bunch of things that disciples couldn't understand, couldn't get. Maybe they're afraid. And then he says, I've told you these things so that in me you may have perfect peace. Know that Jesus was just talking about, I'm dying. I'm going to go. Somebody's going to kill me. Somebody's going to betray me. And all of that, they're getting confused. And he said, peace, peace, peace. In me you have perfect peace. And then he talks about what happens in the world. He says, in the world, you will have tribulation and distress and suffering. But be courageous. Be of good cheer. Be confident. Be undaunted. Be filled with joy. I have overcome the world. My, con my conquest is accomplished. My victory is abiding. I, and in the Amplified Classical, it would say, and I have... Uh, deprived it of power to harm you and have conquered it for you. That's a good thing. Peace be with you. My peace. In me you will have perfect peace. Somebody say shalom. Say it twice. Shalom, shalom. If you don't know yet, that's, a, that's actually a, a Hebrew word. It's a very prominent Hebrew word. It's uh, very important uh, for the Jews and, uh, you know, for those who speak Hebrew because it means a lot. 
But it's not just, it, it's something that they greet one another with. We, when we greet one another as Filipinos, we go, you know, kamusta? Or, you know, if you're abroad, if you're in another place, we don't really do it a lot here, but we greet one another, mabuhay. When was the last time you were greeted outside, mabuhay? No, they usually say good morning, good afternoon, right? Mabuhay, it's, it's, it's life actually, you know, uh, for you to have life. But, but if you go to Israel, they will teach you how to greet one another. They'd say, shalom, shalom. That's their hello. Do you want to know what goodbye is? Anyone interested in learning? You know what hello is, right? And goodbye is, is somewhat, it's like this. It's shalom, shalom. It's the same. This is not different. Actually, easy to remember, right? Hindi paalam or whatever. It's the same. Shalom, shalom. What does it mean? It means a lot of things. But it's so important to them. It's more than just a greeting. As I said, it's a declaration. You're, you're saying something. When was the last time that you were purposeful in greeting somebody and declaring to somebody good morning? I know when we meet one another, we say good morning. And it's just a greeting. It's just polite to do that. But when was the last time you intentionally declared to somebody, hey, you, good morning to you. In Jesus' name. And the person felt like you were being, being rebuked. What did I do? <laughs> but you're just really declaring. Wow. Shalom. Shalom. In fact, it's, so, it's, a, it's a very strong thing to say. It's a very important thing to say that it's even part of God's name. It's a greeting for some people, but it's part of God's name. In Judges, you see Gideon. Gideon is this this guy who's afraid of the enemy. And then, and then God shows up and says, you're a mighty man of valor. Who, who would like that? You know, you, God is seeing something that you can become. And before you even become it, he's already speaking it to you. I don't know where you're at right now. Maybe you feel like you're hiding somewhere in a cave. And, and then God's showing up to you and saying, no, no, you're, you're destined for great things. He doesn't go by how you feel. He doesn't go by what the situation looks like. He's going by what he knows. And he speaks to you. You're a mighty man of valor. You are a victorious person. He will lead you to triumph. You are more than a con conqueror. That's who you are. And so, and so God shows up and says, this is what's going to happen. I've chosen you to lead my people and whatever. And so he's afraid and he realizes it's God. and said, I'm going to die. I'm going to die because I've seen God. And then God says, relax chill that's not in the Bible that's just my interpretation but he says just relax in in Judges chapter 6 verse 23 to 24 what does what's the first thing that God says he says peace be with you peace be unto you same thing peace be unto you Judges chapter 6 verse 23 to 24 peace be unto you fear not you shall not die then Gideon built an altar there. Altar is where they remember that God shows up in an area. And then to remind him what happened there, he called that place Jehovah Shalom. Jehovah Shalom. Yahweh, peace. The Lord, another translation would say, the Lord is peace. It's one thing to say that God has peace. It's another thing to say that Jesus, God, is peace. So, He's not just giving you His resume. He's telling you who He is. When He says, Jehovah Rapha, 
it's not just he it's not just that he can heal but he is healing so now he shows up and he's saying i am the peace that you need in your life and that's something for us to understand to comprehend to ask to knock to seek to find this is what he's trying to invite us who among you can use some shalom this morning who among you can use shalom in life all of us shalom by the way in greek is the word irene or Irene, that's where we derive the name Irene. Irene. Shalom. And then it's, it's almost the same thing. It's kind of hard to explain or to define what shalom means because it's multifaceted. It, it's not just one word. It's, it's a lot of uh, compounded things that need to happen all at once. It's not just one thing there and one thing here. All of it needs to happen at once. That is what shalom is. Now we know for a fact, last week we said that life can be difficult. In fact, Jesus was the one who said that in this world you will have trials, tribulations, distress, whatever, right? He said that. And some of you may have experienced that. But then he, we know that life can be can get complicated. Who among you have seen life get complicated? Do you know, in, in, when we were younger, life was so much simpler. You know, my kids, <clears throat> you know, we have three. And uh, one can get complicated. But you have three, you need Jesus. If you, are more, if you have more, well, you need, you need heaven right now. Shalom, shalom. Sometimes we would be in the mall and walking around, and if they see, not even inside, if they see like a toy store, it gets crazy. Because suddenly all their prayer requests come out. Can you buy me this? Can you buy me that? And whatever, right? There was a song before in Tagalog, Bilmoko non bilmoko nyan, ha? Right? <laughs> buy me this and buy me that. And I would tell them, um, do you have money to buy that? And without any care, they would say, no, but you do. Because as children, they don't care about, about rent, about groceries, about gasoline, about electricity. They don't care about these things because there's mom and dad. They'll take care of it. Life is simpler for them. But as you well know now, as you've grown up uh, people with responsibilities, suddenly things begin to pile up. And now you realize, wow, it's not as simple. Life can easily get complicated, right? You have dates and schedule and work and and uh, you have relationships and you have these desires and those dreams and responsibilities and presentations and social media and church and I have to eat right I have to exercise I have to do all these things and all of it has to come together at once and it's kind of sometimes because there's too much we just let go of stuff I'm not I'm gonna let go of that because uh, I can't handle it but when, the, when God declares to you shalom, suddenly all these things will come into order. Although shalom is something that is complex, its reach is very wide. And when God declares to you shalom, it is the possibility of living a profoundly harmonious life. That's interesting. A profound, profoundly harmonious If outside of God... This shalom is actually out of man's reach. It is impossible for us. Oh, we try. We try very hard. Even the people in the world, they try very hard to have this thing that they desire. 
world peace. You know how many groups, how many organizations have been, have been built to have this ideal of world peace? And they're, they're still trying. And they're fighting how to do it. It's a complicated thing. How do we, how do we actually achieve peace? How do we do that? Outside of God, it is, it, is, it is impossible. In fact, God set a set of rules. You know, he, he gave man, or Israel rather, a set of rules so that they, they, if you follow this, you will have a semblance of shalom. He calls it, um, he, he gave the choice to the people. I think it's in Deuteronomy. Can you go to Deuteronomy chapter, I think, chapter 30, verse 19, if you can go there. Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19, where he lays out, says, I give to you um, life and death. I, I, I put before you life and death. Um, blessing and cursing. He said, he, he gave the rules, right? If you, if you do this, you will be blessed. You will be first, not the last. You will be head, not the tail. Uh, you're blessed in the city. You're blessed in the country, your storehouse, everything. It's amazing what can happen if you follow the ordinance of the law. But if you do not follow, if you miss even just one, then things will not go so well. You have all these curses waiting to pounce on you. That's what he said. And so now he said, okay, now, so we've, we've cleared it. We've laid it out. You have life and death. You have blessing and cursing. Do you know he gives a tip? He says, choose life. Yeah. Choose life. Do you know that nobody could fulfill, not even one, one, not one person in the Old Testament can fulfill completely everything that God wanted for them to follow? Because it's impossible. And I think that was, that was the idea, is to realize we will all fall short of God's glory. That was the idea. That was the main purpose of the law. He says, in fact, he, he, gave, he appointed some leaders. He appointed kings. He appointed prophets. He appointed judges. And the role of these people, they have high priests. And all of those people were supposed to work together to bring a semblance of shalom over the nation. Didn't happen. Rarely did it happen. But you know, God promised that one day he will send a king in the line of David and that king will sit on that throne and he will bring everlasting peace, everlasting shalom. What does that have to do with me? I'm not an Israeli, whatever, but guess what? Whatever blessing that was given to Abraham has been made available to you and to me. Right? And whatever peace that was available for them has been now available for you and for, for me. What does shalom mean? What, what does it mean for us? What can it give me? Well, there are certain benefits. I want to talk about the certain benefits that we can have in this shalom. Because we have shalom with God. Peace be with you. Um, number one. If you have the shalom, irene, in, in Greek, irene, if you have shalom, what is available for you is wellness and wholeness. That's number one. Say wellness and wholeness. Both are good and both, both, it's not like God is asking you to choose between the two, right? It's available, both is available for you. But a lot of people, they settle with, I, I, 
I'm okay as long as I'm well. If I'm well, I'm good. Who among you would like your life to be okay? That's, that's okay. I mean, okay. That's a target. Especially if things are bad, you just want to, I just want it to be all right. I just, right? But, you know, I like how God thinks. God, yes, God wants you to be okay, but He doesn't want you to stay okay. He wants you to be great. So it's one thing to be well. It's another thing to be whole. One time, I think at home, and uh, I don't know how many things I've broken in the house, but when I got old enough, I figured this miracle item called epoxy. And it will give you the semblance of wholeness. Once, once things are broken, you look for that and you try to put it together. And you hide the crack. You put it in such a way where mommy does not see the crack. But when mom sees it, she will realize somebody has been messing with her stuff. Right? And so I'm, I'm glad that God's idea of wholeness is not just repairing you to a semblance of okayness. God's idea of wholeness is so much bigger than when you started. There is this scenario in the, in, the, in the gospel where Jesus was just going about his business. And suddenly, ten guys started yelling, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. You'll find this in Luke, Luke chapter 17. And here's the scenario. Jesus was walking with his disciples. And then these ten guys, they were, they were sick. They were cast out from the society, you see, because they were, they were lepers. And you know, especially during those days, that uh, you need to set these people, you need to quarantine these people because they're, they're, uh, they're, they're infectious. And also, in the mindset of religious uh, thinking, they would think, what is it that they have done wrong for them to be cursed like that? They're morally impure this is what you deserve that's why there's cast out and they can't be near people that's why from a distance they were shouting let's read the the scenario here and it came to pass luke 11 luke 17 11 to 19 and it came to pass as he went to jerusalem that he passed through the midst of samaria and galilee so it's in between next verse it says that as he entered into a certain village there met him Ten men that were lepers, <coughs> which stood afar off, because they couldn't be near people. In fact, uh, if, if people are suddenly, uh, suddenly beside them or near them, they have to shout just to tell the people around them who are unaware. They would say, unclean, unclean. Can you imagine the shame of living a life like that? You can't, you can't be near people except those people who are afflicted in the same way as you. So you're hungry for human contact. You're hungry for real relationship, right? So these 10 guys lifted their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And what does Jesus say? When Jesus saw them, he said unto them, go show yourselves unto the priests. Now notice, because they decided to be communicating with Jesus from a distance, Jesus responded in the same way. He said, okay, well then, go show yourselves to the priest. Didn't give much interest, didn't, didn't lay hands on them, didn't speak healing on them, but what he said, what was, their, what was their cry? Have mercy on us. 
And then he said, okay, show yourselves to the priest. Do you know that you can't show yourself to the priest unless you're healed? To prove to the priest, I can now rejoin society. I am who? Can you check it out? See if I'm okay. And he will declare whether or not you're okay. But there, even before they saw anything, Jesus already said, well, then go show yourself. So what did they do? Did they wait around? Wait, why, why are we going to do that? Did they argue amongst themselves? Did they tell Jesus, Jesus, what's going on? It, it's still here. You know what they, did, they decided to do? And it came to pass that as they went, as they went, they didn't wait for it to happen right there. They were walking on the way. And as they went, they were cleansed. I don't know what instruction God has given you and so far you haven't moved. Maybe you're waiting for something to see before you follow. But what, it's a good example here. Because he already said it, why don't you go on your way? Same thing that happened uh, when, when, when Israel, the Israelites were surrounded by enemies. God didn't defeat the enemies right away. But God gave them an instruction. I want you to go out the next morning, prepare the troops, put the praise and worship team in front, and worship God as you go to, towards attacking your enemy. And sometimes we go, it doesn't make sense. Why would I do that? But you know, it's important because of who said it. It's not just anyone. It is somebody, we were singing that a while ago. He is somebody who is faithful. And sometimes we don't have to totally understand what he's saying. But if we believe the person, then the Bible says, by faith we understand. Stepping out in faith, and after that, understanding comes. It's a good thing I stepped out. That's exactly what happened here. As they were going, they were cleansed. Let's continue to see what happened. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed. Somebody say healed. So what it meant, when the Bible says they were cleansed, they were healed. Meaning, the leper is gone. Their skin is whole again. It's, 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 it, it, they're, no, they're not anymore contagious. And one person, how many were they? Ten. But one person realized, wait a minute, I am healed. He goes back to the source of his healing. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice, glory. He wasn't shy about letting people know who healed him. He was glorifying God. When was the last time you received victory and your, your shout was this? Thank you, Lord. Do you want to experience greater victory? Begin with a shout today. Begin with glorifying God today. And you will see greater victories than you've ever seen before. And this is exactly what was waiting for this guy. Because he glorified God for what happened to him. And he fell down on his face at his feet. At the feet of Jesus. Giving thanks. And he was a Samaritan. You know they put in there because uh, it, feels like, it feels like that the others were Jews. And he was the only Samaritan. That's what it feels like. At least to me. But the Jews who knew what to do before the high priest. They, were, you know, they knew about religious regulations. But there's one guy, a Samaritan, who was an outcast in the circle of the Jews. He was the one, were all of them healed? All of them were healed. 
But it was a stranger, the Samaritan, who goes back to praise Jesus. What did he do? And what did Jesus say? And Jesus said, were there not ten cleansed? He knew they were healed. He didn't need proof. He said it already. He knew they were healed. He didn't go, what is lang yung heal? What happened? No, he knew they were healed. But where are the nine? He was saying. Let's see what happens next. There are not found that returned to give glory to God, save this stranger. Nobody else wanted to give glory to God except this stranger. And then what does he say to this guy? He says, arise, go your way. Thy faith has made you whole. The first thing that happened is that he got healed. But when he came back and gave, gave glory to God, he experienced a greater victory of being whole. Pause for a minute. Let's just retrace our steps. What happens if you're a leper? I don't know if you've seen movies or pictures or whatever, especially the way they treated before. They, don't, they didn't know how to fix this. And so the first thing that will go is you, you don't have sense of pain. You begin to lose sense of pain. Even if you got hurt, you don't know because you, your, your flesh is no longer responding. The first thing that gets corrupted, when, you, when, we, when we become wrong, we become, we become uh, uh, desensitized towards the wrong things. And what happened to this guy is that if he's a leper, he couldn't feel anything. And it just gets corrupted and it just gets the disease eats up your flesh. And things might even fall. That's why sometimes they would wrap their, their faces because maybe an ear would fall or a nose or pieces of their flesh would fall. And they're not whole. They can be cleansed, but something is missing. And they're, if, you're, if you're a leper, if you're whatever, maybe they were happy with that. I'm content with this. I'm okay because now I'm well. But Jesus is not satisfied that you're just well, that you're okay what he wants you to do what he wants you to be is be made whole and so this guy comes in the presence of jesus recognizes who has done it gave glory to god and jesus declared him whole it's an amazing thing who among you would like to be well who among you would like to be whole god wants you shalom nothing missing and nothing broken Another story similar to this, there was a woman who was bleeding for 12 years. And he, the Bible says she has spent all her money uh, going to physicians, to doctors. Of course, the doctor then is very different from the doctors now. You understand that, right? But she spent all her money. She has nothing. Not only that she was sick, she was also poor. But Jesus. I like it because their story, our story does not end with your situation. It continues on with, but Jesus. But Jesus. She heard Jesus and she came to him herself and said, she said to herself, if I could only touch the hem of his garment, I'll be made well. I'd be healed. That's exactly what she did. And you know, you know the story. And when Jesus saw her, she said, daughter, don't be afraid. Your faith has made you whole. It's one thing to be healed. Listen to this. Listen to this. It's, it's one thing to be healed of what's ailing you. But also, what about what she spent so far 
from all the treatments that she got and not got better. God is bringing to her a wholeness, not just physically, but maybe material, financially, spiritually. Because shalom is concerned about every facet of your life. Your spiritual, your mental, your emotional, your relational, your material, your... Uh, what else am I missing? Your physical body and your missional. That's seven. Mission, what I mean by missional is your purpose, your mission. Because you can live life, it's like you have your, your family is okay, your, your body is okay, your mental health is okay. But if you don't have a sense of purpose, something is still missing. And all of that is gathered together in, the, in this idea of shalom. This peace that God is offering you. And he wants every area of your life to be complete, whole, and prosperous. Prosperous. Next thing about, next thing about shalom is peace and prosperity. How many times have we seen that greeting? Peace and prosperity. Peace and prosperity. They always go together. Peace and prosperity. Do you know the, one of the verses that's well loved by many people? Jeremiah 29, 11. What does it say? In one translation, it would say, uh, I, know, I know my thoughts that I have towards you. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. Thoughts of peace. You know the word there, peace? is shalom. But other translation would say, I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. So what is it? Peace or prosperity? It's both. It's together. It's, it's, one, it's shalom. It's shalom. God wants you to prosper. Do you know it gives him much delight when you prosper? It gives him much delight. He, if, do you know he's a good father, right? And a good father wants his children, uh, even for us, if you're a parent, you want your children to do, to do good. You want your children even to do better than you. Is that right? You want, them, you want them to succeed in life. You want them to fulfill their call in God. Is that right? Now, if we can be like that, one time Jesus was speaking, if you being evil know how, to, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more your Father in heaven? We cannot match His goodness. He's a better Father than us. Amen? So just imagine how much more does He want for you and I to prosper, to succeed, to be well in life. Go to uh, Psalm 30, verse 27. What does it say there? Psalm 30, verse 27. About... Living in, in, in peace and prosperity. Psalm 35, verse 27 rather. Psalm 35, what does it say? Listen. Let them shout for joy and be glad. In other words, glorify Him. That's exactly what the, the guy who used to be uh, leper, the Samaritan man, uh, was doing. Glorifying God. Let them shout for joy and be glad who favor my righteous cause. And let them say, who is them? The, the one who's shouting for joy, right? And let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified who has pleasure in the prosperity of His servant. God has pleasure when He gives you prosperity. Provided you know what to do with the prosperity. There's a purpose to the prosperity. Now I know that this idea has been uh, uh, kind of abused by some. And the, the messages can go extreme where it's all about material stuff. Your 
car, your bank account, your, your houses, your blend, all of these things, and it's just focus on that. But uh, th- there's something missing if it's your mindset always goes to you being blessed. It's you being a blessing, right? It's you being a blessing. In fact, th- what, does, what, what does it say? The Lord is magnified. See, you're not the one who's praised. You're not the one who's magnified when you become prosperous. When you see yourself prospering, and when other people see you prospering, they will right away say, he's not that smart. He's not that good to prosper on his own. It must be God. And you yourself would say, if it were not for God, because I'm not good at it. I'm not, you know, there's, there's nothing that in me that will bring me this kind of prosperity but God. So what happens in both situations? The Lord is magnified. God, news flash, new life to Ford. God wants you to prosper. God wants you to prosper. It is His joy that you step into prosperity. But prosperity, not just about material things, but prosperity in your soul, prosperity in your relationship, total life prosperity. Who among you are interested in that? Last few things here. So remember, God wants you well. God wants you whole. God wants to give you peace and prosperity. You know, in Jeremiah 33, there's something, because we know Jeremiah 29. If we just read a couple of verses, what, what, what will it say? What will Jeremiah 33 say to us? Jeremiah 33, verse 6, in the New Living Translation, it says, Nevertheless, the time will come, and I say it's here, when I will heal Jerusalem's wounds and give it prosperity and true peace. Peace and prosperity. Healing is part of that. Wholeness is part of that. And this is a prophetic word that one day, what you're desiring of, of wellness and wholeness and peace and prosperity will come. In fact, later on, this is a kind of, listen, there's a, there's a kind of prosperity coming your way that you've never seen before. Let me repeat that to you because maybe you didn't quite catch it. The kind of prosperity coming your way because it's attached to purpose. It's attached to the kingdom growth. It's not attached to your just bank account and how wealthy you are. It's not about that. If you're thinking that or if somebody else is thinking that, then you're missing the point. Because the, the point of uh, plenty being plenty, the Bible says, and there's plenty left over. Right? But the, the line continues. Plenty left over to share with others. If your mindset is not towards the sharing to others, then your idea of prosperity is limited. It's, it might even be uh, misunderstood. Okay? As I was saying, there's a level of prosperity that God is preparing to give His people that will, that will astound you. It's something that you've never seen before. It's both for you and uh, it's a testimony to you. It's a testimony for other people to see you operate in. Now listen to this. Jeremiah 33, verse 9. It says, Then this city will bring me joy, glory, and honor before all the nations of the earth. The people of the world will see all the good I do for my people. And they will tremble with awe. At the peace and prosperity I provide for them. What kind of prosperity that will make the nations tremble in awe? Like, ooh, Mufasa. 
I remember that in Lion King. When every time they mention the name, say it again, Mufasa. Ooh. What kind of prosperity and peace will you experience that the people would go, wow, I, it's, it's, it makes me tremble the way I think about it. I think we need to be ready for that. I think God is preparing a people that will know how to handle when that comes. Amen? You want to hear another good news? That was 17 people said that. Could tell. I'm just counting by the different voices. I have good news for you, New Life Defort. I want you to write this verse. This came alive again in us, and so we want to declare it over you. In Zechariah chapter 8, verse 12 to 13, I'll read the voice translation first in the beginning, and then I'll continue in New Living Translation. Listen to this. This is, this is what I see for you guys. It, it gives me great joy to see you Walking this out. Verse 12. What you witness now will be very different. Forget about all the things, all the breakthroughs, all the overcoming things that you've seen. All the victories, all the triumphs, all the conquering that you have experienced and have seen thus far. There's something that's about to happen that you've never experienced before. What you witness now will be very different. A new day when seeds of peace will be sown in fertile soil. Let's go to the New Living Translation. What um, New Living Translation, please? I'll read it here. For I am planting seeds of peace and prosperity among you. The grape, your grapevines will be heavy with fruit. Not just have some fruit, but heavy with fruit. The earth, your workplace, I'd say that, your, the place where you till the ground. The earth will produce its crops and the heavens will release its dew. You know what dew is? It's favor. It's grace. The heaven will pour out new graces upon you. And once more, I will cause the remnant in Judah and Israel to inherit these blessings. And then it goes to talking about before you were a, a, a symbol of cursing because other nations thought you were cursed. Before, we were in sin and we were cursed. But something happened. We didn't stay cursed. You are in no cursed ground in Christ Jesus. But no longer, no longer cursed. Now I will rescue you and make you both a symbol and a source of blessing. A symbol? What does that mean? It's, it's one thing to be a source of blessing where you can bless people there. But a symbol, a, you know what a symbol is? When you see a check mark in the shoe, you know it's Nike. When you see stripes in that shoe, you know it's, it's a symbol. You don't need to see the whole thing. You just need to see the symbol. What does it mean that you are a symbol of blessing? When people see you right away blessed. In their thinking, they're not even, your brand is blessed. You're a symbol. Every time they see you, they're reminded of how good God is. Look what the Lord has done. Your neighbors will, will not be able to figure it out. Why you're so nice to them. Why, you know, why they're, 
it's like a joy for them to be around you because they, they, they also get blessed around you. You're a symbol and a source of blessing. So don't be afraid. The encouragement here, don't be afraid. Be strong and get on with the rebuilding of the temple. In other words, focus on Jesus. You want this kind of blessing? Your focus should not be on the... Your focus should be on the person. Amen? Somebody give Jesus praise. We always want to make sure that our eyes and our attention does not veer away from what is true. Because if you want wellness and wholeness, peace and prosperity, if you want shalom, this kind of shalom is not found anywhere else. It is found through a person. It's God's idea. He predestined you. He prepared. He paid for and perfected this shalom to be available for you through the person of Jesus Christ. It all happened on the cross. You know one, one more thing about uh, shalom. It means completed. In other words, it is finished. There is nothing that you can do to unravel what shalom is. It's already a complete package in Christ Jesus. So if you receive this package, there's nothing that you can do because it's not your work. There's nothing you can do to undo it. Who among you would like this kind of peace? All of us. We want a greater manifestation. In fact, I can say this. It is the ultimate manifestation of His grace when He gives you His shalom. Because His shalom is who He is. Jehovah Shalom. He doesn't give you a brand of peace. He gives you Himself. And He is our peace. Can you bow your heads and close your eyes? Maybe you're here and you've never experienced this kind of peace before. And maybe you're here, you're wondering, maybe this peace has left me because I used to have a relationship with God, but I kind of did not, I didn't follow what He said. I didn't follow His ordinances. I didn't follow all these things. Maybe, maybe God has left me. Maybe you've never gotten to a point where you can say intentionally and consciously, Lord, I give up. I surrender. I want to give my life to you. Jesus, be my Lord, be my Savior. I don't want to be the Lord and Savior of my life. If this is you, if you're thinking this, and if you're tired of living poor and sick and confused and no shalom at all, and if you want to have shalom, you, have, you need Jesus. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to count to three. And if you know in your heart that this is you, I believe the Holy Spirit is moving. If you know this is you, don't hesitate. Don't think this is me. Maybe this is somebody else. If you know it's you, if you have it in your heart, just lift your hands. Don't think about it. Or maybe if you want to recommit your life to the Lord, I want you to lift your hands as well. Are you ready? Don't open your eyes. Just bow your heads. One, two, three. Go ahead and lift your hands. Go ahead. There you go. See some hands. Go ahead. There are some people here you're still thinking about. No, that's you. You know it's you. Lift your hands. Lift your hands. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. God is good. If you're lifting your hands, don't bring it down just yet. I want you to pray. Pray from your heart. You will follow what I'm saying. People will, will just support you. 
and pray. Say this with me. Jesus, I thank you. Jesus, I thank you. That you brought me today. That you brought me today. To hear the gospel. To hear the gospel. To hear the good news. To hear the good news. That I'm already prosperous. That I'm already prosperous. I have peace. I have peace. Wellness and wholeness. Wellness and wholeness. In you. In you. Starting today, Starting today, I give my life to you. I, give my life I surrender to control of my life into your hands. I surrender control of my life into you. Are my Lord. You are my Lord. You are my Savior. You are my King. And you are the Prince of Peace in my life. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Give Him praise, everybody in this place. Hallelujah. God is good. Thank you for listening. For more information, follow us on social media or visit us at newlifetheford.com.